Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live.
Holy Spirit, move in the capacity and unique way that you desire to move, Lord. Let your word manifest as you teach, as you keep, as you enlarge, as you increase. Let the Holy Spirit go forth, Father, to do that which you desire to do today for you, our God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Father God. Mm. Oh, Jesus. I can't even get it out. 
and and I'm leaving is that on that note I was missed I was done at the first statement that she said, trying to say, I can't save myself right now. How am I going to save a nation? Come on now. Come on now. I mean, mm, that's why I laughed because, like, oh, could I relate to that? Oh, Jesus. Mm. Wow. Mm, 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 okay. Let's try this again, okay? Let me rewind. I don't go through the prayer. <laughs> okay. Gideon was busy trying to save himself. The angel of the Lord sent him to save the nation instead. Gideon had no strength, but the angel said, go, Judges 6.14. Obedience rates higher with God in our attempts at understanding the commands he has given us. (laughs) The following is a story of a young marketplace lady whom God used to bring hope to millions in the aftermath of the greatest terrorist attack in America. On that day, she surely felt she had no strength, yet she obeyed God's leading and went. September 11, 2001 is a date we will never forget. The image of the World Trade Center hit by the first plane was shocking enough, but when a second plane crashed into the other tower in plain view of millions, The shock reached a level none of us had ever experienced. As we watched what was before us in disbelief, our dread reached even greater depths as both buildings collapsed. And in a matter of seconds, two of the tallest buildings in the world, the International Center of Commerce, became a burning place of rubble. Our consternation turned to panic and abhorrence when we learned that a third plane had hit the Pentagon. Until then, America's impregnable fortress and this was the work of terrorists. Glued to our television sets, we lost our innocence. Then a fourth plane went down in the field of Pennsylvania. America was being violated in plain view, and some people on the other side of the world were rejoicing while we wept. The next few days were a time of bottomless anguish, deep confusion, never-ending consternation as the nation struggled to find its, find its beauty, find its bearings. Many of us woke up in the morning hoping that it had all been a nightmare, but the morning news told us otherwise, with grim faces and somber voices framed by horrific pictures. The anchor persons reminded us that we did not imagine it, that indeed thousands of people had died, and that the nation once thought inviolable had been violently wounded. However, something happened on Friday of that somber week that caused the emotional roller coaster to stop. A prayer service at the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C., intended by the president and countless functionaries and dignitaries, was broadcast to the nation and to the world. All major faiths were represented in the program, but the service was distinctly Christian. Billy Graham preached his best sermon ever and pulled no punches when it came to presenting the gospel in a clear and compelling manner. The president also took to the podium and ministered faith and hope to millions of people who were struggling with despair. As people watched and the service unfolded, the most extraordinary impartation of faith and hope took place. Millions were reassured that God was on the throne and that his hand still directs, that his hand still protects those who seek refuge in him. Viewers could feel the spiritual climate improving with every minute of the program. 
This service became the most watched religious service in the history of the nation, in, in, in uh, history of the world. And nation after nation, though simultaneously translations was necessary, the majority of the population of the world heard the word of God. Never has the Christian faith shone so brightly in the midst of so much darkness and touched such a vast audience. From that moment on, hope retook the upper hand and prayer became the vehicle of a God who cared. The service on Friday, September 14, 2001, turned to spiritual ride. Even though more trials would come, the moorings of Christianity were in plain view for all to see that evil would not overtake good. All righty. Y'all remember that service? Okay. I'm just asking because I don't... <laughs> But I'm sure we all remember the um, incident, so. What very few people know is the role that a young marketplace lady played in putting that service together. Charity Wallace is a name. She is a 26-year-old, and she works at the White House as part of the president's advance team. When the moment came to entrust someone with a key role in organizing the national prayer service to minister to the nations and to the world, <laughs> God chose charity. All right, now, here we go. See, that, that, that ain't even funny. And the greatest one is love or charity. Mm. However, it could have gone quite a different way. Charity and her workmates at the White House experienced the attack firsthand. In the midst of the ensuing confusion, there was a moment when she was tempted to get into her car and drive cross-country to California to the safety of her home and her comfort embrace of her parents. But she did not. This is how she recalls it. Tuesday, September 11, 2001, began as an ordinary day for me, as I'm sure it did for most of us. After arriving at work at 8 a.m., I got to my desk and put my headphones on to listen to Pastor Jack Hayford on the radio from 8 to 8.30, just as I always do. Then a co-worker, Stephanie, and I went across the street to get bagels. We were returning when I saw one of the fifth office. We were returning when I saw in one of the offices a TV set showing the scenes of the World Trade Center was on fire. I asked why the World Trade Center was on fire, and a slightly panicked intern informed us that two planes had crashed into the WTC. It did not register yet, but the possibility of terrorism started to set in. I just wanted to get to our office so we could watch the news. As Steph and I rounded the corner, another colleague came out of our office with her eyes wide with fear. She was trying to describe what was going on. I realized that things were terribly wrong. I began thinking and suggesting to those in my office that we should leave. I did not leave immediately, but began praying for the Lord's protection. A few moments later, CNN began reporting that the White House was being evacuated. The scene, in the, the scene in the halls of the old executive office, OEB, was a surreal. People were sprinting out of the building, fleeing to the nearest exits in mass exodus. Hearts racing, we also began running down the stairs, contemplating which way to go. It was like watching a movie, yet being part of it as well. I saw the vice president's motorcade staging outside the West Wing and the U.S. Secret Service getting set for departure. The gates on the West Executive Drive were open to aid our quick escape and uninformed officers were yelling, run. I left a message on my parents' message machine that was evacuating the White House 
and to please pray. As we were rounding the corner towards 17th Street, everyone's focus turned toward the sky. A passenger plane was flying above the White House. It was making erratic turns. People were screaming to uninformed to uniform officers and Secret Service agents. Where are we supposed to go? Their response was simply, run as fast as you can. <laughs> Get as far away from the White House as possible. What a scene this frantic and mass exodus must have been for those people who stopped in their cars on 17th Street. I ended up speaking with my mother on a cell phone while running to my car. I was trying to devise an escape plan as we were uncertain if the terror was over. Steffi and I jumped into my car near the Washington Monument, which was very scary, because we thought they might try to, plot to fly a plane into the monument and head it onto Constitution Avenue. I pray that the Lord would surround my car with his angels to protect us on our, <clears throat> on our way home, claiming God's promise in Psalm 9117 that a thousand will fall on my side and ten thousand on my right hand, but it would not come near me. All right, now this girl know how to get in scripture. <laughs> she know how to get in the scripture, she know how to pray in the midst of what's going on. Smoke was now rising from the Pentagon. The plane that once hovered overhead had disappeared. We were heading toward my house, but weren't sure of each move. I knew that driving by the State Department was a risk, but the quickest route home was over the Roosevelt Bridge. I was nervous about getting onto a bridge, but that was the only way to get out of the district and get home. Safely crossing the bridge, we got onto the highway to take us home. At that point, radio reporters announced that the first tower had collapsed. It was so surreal and very frightening. Also, now I could not reach anyone on the phone. Lines were down. My first instinct was to drive across the country to be with my family. I began packing a suitcase at this point and started planning my journey home. As I did this, a small voice inside of me let me know that I was to stay put. <laughs> this is when faith is tested, where the rubber meets the road. Mm. This was confirmed... By my mother's conversation with Pastor Scott Barner, Scott Barr, the senior pastor of my church in Los Angeles. Scott said that the Lord gave him a word for me. The Lord has put charity at the White House for this moment. She is there not only to do the president's schedule, Shut her body, yeah, for the moment. What did you say? Oh, I'm praying. Go ahead. No, I was just praying. Go ahead. All right. She is there not only to do the president's schedule, but also to be there for this moment, to intercede for the president and for the nation at this time, just as in the time of Esther, for such a time as this. Hmm. I mean, I'm just reading this. You know, I remember when it happened. You know, I was, over, I was at my house. But as I'm reading this, and I'm just imagining her in the midst of this chaos. See, this is why it's so important that you do your exercise. What is your exercise? Consistently, diligently, seeking, praying, 
to God. Conversating. Relationship. Because when all hell breaks loose, you're going to only react on what's inside of you. This woman, in the midst of the chaos, Mama, you need to pray. I don't know what's going on. She just started praying. She started confessing scripture. Oh, my God, my car, I don't know. A thousand to my right side, a thousand to my left side. She, this is somebody who is, because uh, see, what's in is going to come out. But if you don't never take the time to put it in, then you have nothing inside of you to come out. So now she's, she, she's, you know, she's doing what she do. But all of a sudden, she says, "Still small voice." That's a and she chose to listen. But she also basically put herself in a posture mm. for such a time as this. Mm. Can you say that again? Mm. She put herself in the posture for such a time as this. Mm. For the Bible says, for you not, you not know the hour that he will return, but you don't know the hour that he needs you to show up. Mm. Come on now. So basically, Mordecai already gave her mama the message that hope charity was in the White House for a purpose, to be Esther. And, and and it just so happens that her name is Charity. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't got to that point yet because the fact of it is, mm. that's what God was extending at that moment. That am I. Yes, yes, yes. He extended his charity by giving somebody else's charity away. Mm. Mm. But there again, she yielded herself. Yes. To the spirit. There was no second question about the fact that do I think about me and mine? Mm-hmm. Or do I think about the whole world? What 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 do you say to start off? I'm trying to save my behind, but God says, No, I need you to save a nation. Come on now. A nation. Come on. Because it started off by saying I she she didn't have the strength because she didn't know what was gonna happen to her car. And she was only looking to what she could actually control was the car. She didn't know where the next plane was coming from because she said that she was driving by the monument. She didn't know if it was going to hit that. And then basically it collapsed on the street that she was trying to get past. Mm. But how do you have the wherewithal in an instinctual situation? Oh, wait, 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 wait. What's that word? Instinctual? Come on now. Uh Come on. How do you have the wherewithal to be in an instinctual situation where you fight or flight, but you still look to God? Come on. Mm, mm, mm. The only way that happens is if you commune with him when he steps with you. Mm, The only way that that happens is you have prayed for a while. Here the Bible. Ooh, you're seasoned. You're groomed. And you have, 
And you can see with the master, come good or bad. And you had some things that you had to talk to him about that he's changed. Who's asking? She can't look in. She can't look in. She can't look in the pill bottles and stuff. I'll be there in a minute. Jesus, I need you to separate me. Last <laughs> um, but at the point where she is, she is basically showing the world that I am in a high profile position. I'm in a high profile situation. But my high profile does not basically exceed the God that I serve. My profile and my status does not dictate to me that I'm on my own and I don't need the God that I've already served before I got here. My status shows me that it's even more that I need to depend on the God that I've served to get here, to to sustain me and keep me here. And the one thing that I heard that blessed me was that he don't have to yell in a resounding sound and a boom. He still speaks in a still small voice, but are you willing to hear and listen? That's what I got from that, that he's not always going to yell. He's not always going to cluck us on top of our head. Sometimes he's going to whisper and say, can you hear me? Just to make sure that we are still sensitive enough to hear his voice. But if we don't pray and do our diligence that we have to do to get there, to hear him, to seek after him, to hear his voice, and to seek after his face. If we were in the midst of what charity was in the midst of, we would miss it. You know, Mark, and you know what's also, as as you were speaking, what dawned on me is that she's 26 years old. She's a, she's a youngster. She was young and natural, but in spiritual, she was old enough to be, be used by God. She was mature enough used by God to get done what he needed to get done. So you're telling me there's no excuse for you to be old and not know? Why wait, wait? Why didn't he use some of the older ones who were there? What they weren't pliable, they weren't obedient enough. <laughs> no, they weren't. They they were unavailable. Oh, 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 oh. And then he told he told us in the word that he would use a child. Oh, oh. To do what? To lead them. Okay. I just want to make sure I was in the book. <laughs> well, sound like it to me. Sound like it to me. Mm. All right, give me one second and I will go back upstairs. 
I got um, these, but they're frozen, Edion. No, oh, I think you have one. They all frozen? These two. Yeah. But actually, I had some Velveeta. Well, well, I'll use that. Okay. Because I got two things of Velveeta, a big one and a small one. You want the big one? Okay. No problem. Okay. Ah. Mm. So it says, my first instinct was to drive across the country to be my family. I began packing a suitcase at this point and started plotting my journey home. As I did this, a small voice inside of me let me know that I would stay put. This is when faith is tested, where the rubber meets the road. This was confirmed by my mother's conversation with Pastor Scott Barr, the senior pastor of my church in Los Angeles. Scott said that the Lord gave him a word for me. He said, the Lord has put charity in the White House for this moment. She is not there only to do the president's schedule, but also be there for this moment to intercede for the president and the nation at this time, just as in the time of Esther, for such a time as this. This is a tall charge for a girl who wants to be home with family and friends in California. I then received a call on Tuesday night 
instructing me to be in the office on Wednesday morning. It was difficult to return, but were things to be done. A bit shaken, but with supernatural peace in my heart, I went to work Wednesday morning. About 11 a.m., I was asked to gather up all the information from the National Cathedral Prayer Service I had organized for the inauguration. We learned at 5 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon that the President and Mrs. Bush would be going to the National Cathedral for a National Day of Prayer and Remembrance on Friday, September 14th to 12 noon. So she says, this is a tall charge for a girl who wants to be home with her family and friends in California. Then she went there a bit shaken but with supernatural peace in her heart. That's when you're praying for God to give you strength, direction, guidance. I'm going to just say whatever is needed. And then you tap into it and you walk in it. And rather than be rattled, you'll find yourself peaceful. You find yourself peaceful because you're now seeking and leaning on God other than yourself. You're leaning on God, and you're finding that, you know what, in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of all this, I'm okay. And, see, that's the Holy Spirit holding on to you. And as long as you stay connected, you're okay. See, that's what Peter was walking on the water. As long as he focused on Jesus, he was okay. But the moment that he turned his gaze, he immediately he went down into the water, and that's with us. That's how we have to walk even more so when chaos is going on, even more so when trials. You need to tap in more. You need to pray harder. You need to strength, gird yourself up even more because, see, now you got more stuff pulling at you than average. We always break down spirit, soul, and body. So now at this point, you need to be doing the things that's going to feed your spirit because your spirit is what's going to be able to guide you and pull you through these situations and circumstances. But if you choose not to build yourself up, if you choose, because, see, even now it's going to be harder to hear, harder to move because you got to be built up more. So if you choose not to build yourself up, then you're allowing the enemy room to come in and to pull you out of position. Thus, you will not walk in that supernatural peace that is there for you to walk in. It's not like God doesn't have it there for you, but see, you have to do your due diligence in order to move in accordance with the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We had 31 days to plan the inaugural. Now we had only 31 hours to plan the National Day of Prayer and Remembrance for the nations. It's amazing to see how the Lord is so faithful, even in this. It was such an honor to be, have been given the lead planner for the prayer service during the inauguration. But he knew that I, ha I would have to need all, but he knew that I would need to have all this information for this day. Mm. 31 days for the inauguration, not 31 hours for the National Day of Prayer and Remembrance. Wow. I got to lean on God, see God, trust God, and let God be God. We worked round the clock planning this program, inviting speakers, arranging a plane transportation. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to leave it alone. Oh, I want to say something. I'm going to be quiet. We worked round the clock planning the program, inviting speakers, arranging plane transportation with the Department of Transportation and FAA. All airports were closed immediately after the attack. 
On Thursday, in the midst of meetings and planning sessions, we were evacuated again. It is scary to come out of the office and see people running down the stairs trying to get to safety. But deep down, I knew that God was with us. God truly had his hands on this event as it came together so smoothly and beautifully. On the following Sunday, I was reflecting on how life has changed so dramatically, how life might never be the same. God reminded me, yes, Life has changed, but I, God, am the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That verse means so much more to me now. God's word never changes. That's why we can stand and stand there for. God's character never changes. That's why we can be confident and bold when needed. Life has changed, but his word hasn't. Now, we've got to grow up into that aspect. That's where the process has come involved at. It doesn't happen overnight. But the more and more that we get to a greater understanding of that, the more and more we allow God to be God and seek and trust and walk in the fullness of his provision. Charity did not hide the fact that night after the attack that she was tempted to get as far away from Washington to see if she possibly could. But she chose to stay even though her natural strength was limited. As a result, as a result God used her to play a key role in putting together a service that was ministered to millions around the world. She is not a professional preacher, but God used her to preach the word to millions through that national prayer service. Recognizing the God that placed her in the White House for a strategic time and making herself available to God with the keys. Choosing obedience over fear. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, Choosing obedience over fear made the difference. Instead of a girl trying to save herself, she became a minister by proxies of millions. Mm. Wow. Mm. Father God. Choosing obedience over fear. Allowing the power of God to work in us and through us. Choosing not to yield, not to lean, not to trust self. But saying, God, help me to trust you. Whew. God, help me to remove myself. God, help me to walk in what you have for me and let me let you be God. That's how God desires for us to move. That's how God desires for his word to come forth and to manifest in our lives. Will you allow it? Will you seek him? 
We will let him release the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life. Holy Spirit, teach us how to walk in that capacity. Teach us, Father God, to yield to you. Teach us, Father, to let your spirit come forth. Teach us, Lord, to let you be God. Thank you, Father God. Charity story is similar to Gideon's. When we think of Gideon, we usually associate him with heroism. But he was not always a superstar. When the angel Lord spoke to him, he was busy hiding some wheat in the wine press before fleeing to the mountains. It had been 40 years since God had moved in the land of Israel. He had last moved when he used Deborah to destroy the Syrian army. In the ensuing years, the Midianites had grown strong and had brutally oppressed Israel. Every year during harvest time, the Midianites would invade Israel and while the people got fled to hide in the caves, the enemies, the enemies ate their crops and stole their animals. The Israelites were so demoralized that when it came to, they came to accept it as inevitable that the enemy would dispossess them and force them to live off the leftovers. They lost hope. Gideon was no different from Charity. He tried to save some wheat for himself, but the angel Lord spoke to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. Oh. Ah, Yako, I need to speak that into somebody's life right now. Mm. The Lord is with you. If you will yield. The Lord is with you. If you will yield. What'd you say, Mark? Tony. Hmm? Tony. Yeah, I was that was on my mind as well. <laughs> it's been on my mind pretty much the whole morning. Hmm. I'm gonna send him a message. Because um well we'll talk about it. Because it, it's something else going on as well. Mm-hmm. That I honestly don't want to talk to him about, but he needs to understand that he's not by himself mm-hmm. because somebody else has been there. And, and I mean, truly, to the devastation of where he is, I'm not being funny, but I've I've been there. Mm-hmm. I'm three years out of it now. Okay. Y'all know how I was when it first was going on. You said one more time. I said, y'all know what you know. Y'all know how it was when it was first going on. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> want to kill somebody. Uh huh. Haram boskiri roko session, randa roko session, roko borranda roko roko boskiri. Dar roko boko. 
Oh, God, you know what? I'm not going to say nothing. Not. Mm. Gideon was no different from Charity. Tried to save but the angel Lord spoke to him. The Lord is with thee, O valiant warrior, Judge 6 and 12. Gideon was neither valiant nor warrior. He was gathering a grain and preparing to flee. Nevertheless, the angel of God called him a warrior. Why? God always has a higher opinion of us than the one we have of ourselves. He is able to see us not through the grim grid of failure, but through the pristine prism of future victories. He has that in store for us. Gideon quoted the angel affirming statement by pointing out that it was inconsistent with the reality. Come on now. With the reality around him. Come on now. Come on now. Mm, mm, mm. I need to read that again. Gideon questioned the angel's affirming statement by pointing out inconsistent with the reality around him. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are his miracles which our fathers told us about? His conclusion was disheartening. The Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of the Midianites. The Lord, oh, come on now. Oh, my God. See this? See, 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 see. Let me see. This is how God deals with his people. I mean, let's see, I'm going to read this next statement, and I hope you all hear what comes out of here. The Lord did not answer any of Gideon's questions. Did you just hear what he said? Now, I need you to understand that. When we're coming to God, our brokenness and our heartache and our hurt and our pain and our complaining and our murmuring and in our factual statements, nothing that he said was not untrue. God didn't even answer his question. I was just talking to Job, talking to Mark about Job, the other, not you, Mark, the other Mark. But in the book of Mark, in the book of Mark, here we go, see. In the book of Job, we talked about the first five chapters, how Job was, Job was good. Job, Job held his own. 
But then from then on, he complained. He murmured. He got broken. And when God came on the scene, did God even address any of that? What was the first words out of God's mouth? Hey, dude, grab your loins and walk like a man. Oh, Jesus. I need you to understand how God sees you, especially you when you're allowing the word to enact and interact in your life. And he knows that's the difference maker. See, that's the one that will make the difference is when you allow the word to come and become engrafted inside of you. Because reality is, it's not really you, it's the word, and you have just said yes. You have chosen to line up with God. You have chosen to yield to the presence of the Holy Ghost and say yes. And God says, now watch me handle this. And I need you all to see this right now. Who, Jesus? As you're facing your own armies, you're facing your own overwhelmness, you're facing your own things, and I can't see it, it ain't going to happen. I need you to make a conscious decision to say yes. Obedience. When God is calling you, just say yes. Quit trying to figure out how it's going to happen. Quit trying to say, I don't have, don't bring God the facts. He knows the facts. And his facts outweigh your facts. His strength outweighs your strength. But see, you won't know that until you say yes and allow him to intertwine and then you begin to experience it. Because see, our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. And God understands that we're just lost sheep. Let him come in. Let his word come in. His word is what formed everything that we can see, touch, or taste. It was his word. But we get upset, mad, because this situation done happened in our lives, and it done kicked our little tails, and we done got mad and upset and yeah, and God, you know what happened? You know she did, and he did, and now, and I ain't got this, and and that's literally how God views it. That's literally how God views it. Because what God is really saying, okay, I'm going because I love you. I'm gonna let you have your moment. I'm gonna let you have your moment. And to get it all out. Now, once you get there, I want you to make a choice. You're going to either say yes and let me work through you, or I'll have to find somebody else. But if you say yes, you're going to experience some things that you would, in, in any other way, it would not make sense. Because, yeah, I, see, I know the facts. I know your lack. <laughs> I know that you don't have this. I know you're broken, you're tired, you're weak. I know all of that. But, hey, let me introduce you to somebody called Jesus. Let me introduce you to the power of my son. Let me introduce you to somebody who can make a way out of nowhere. I can create something if I choose to just you but will you allow me to do that see that's why God don't answer our questions that's why God he, he, he don't ask, because see we're limited we're finite and we're coming in our, in our small meekness 
to a, a mighty great God, the Most High, who can and will. And he's like, look, I'm, okay, I'm going to let you get to the end of yourself so I can begin to show you something which you would never see unless you say yes to line up with my word. Father God, I thank you for this moment right now, Lord. I thank you, Father God, for just doing what you need to do, Lord, in all of our lives. All of us have got something, Lord, then we look at the facts. When we look at the, I don't have this, and yeah, Lord, but what about if we just choose to turn to you and say, well, God, what you going to do with this? See, he, he needs you to get to the end of yourself because, see, you really are block, you're blocking the way. He needs you to get to the end of your rope. He needs you to be tired, broken, and weak because then you can't claim that you did it. You will recognize that in and of yourself you didn't have what you needed. So you can't take the glory because he said, ain't no flesh going to glory in my presence. And then on top of that, he still, calls, he still calls us more than what we are. Ooh, one more time, one more time, one more time. Mm, mm, mm. After all that, he still calls us more than what we are. You mean even when we come in our meek mind about this, and he said, but that ain't who I called you to be? Ooh, that's not what, and, and, and not, not even that's not who I called you to be, but that's not even what you're going to answer to. And that's not who I formed you to be. <laughs> right. Mm. And then on top of that, Sam, I'm gonna have to. I'm not. I'm not correcting. You're gonna get used one way or the other. Ooh, wow! You're gonna be either the example of his glory, or the example of not wanting to be a part of his glory. Mm. Mm. But you're gonna get celebrated one way or the other. Mm. They're gonna celebrate you in victory, or they're mm. gonna celebrate you in defeat. Mm. But one way or the other, it, he's, it, one way or the other, it's either you're going to do it willingly or unwilling, but I'm still going to make you a vessel. After you're done kicking and screaming, are you going to take this joke upon you? After you have complained and murmured and suffered for a while, are you ready to go to the next level? Because the season of suffering, they don't last always. But that's why it says what you have suffered in tears, I'm going to reward you with what? The desires that I've given you of your heart that I want you to have. So at this point, you're going to get used one way or the other. So the best instruction is, Complain and cry while you're being used. Don't sit there and murmur and complain and do nothing. Because he knows what's made, what we're made of. If we couldn't deal with it, he wouldn't have gave it to us. That's exactly what he told Gideon. You was doing for yourself. But I need you to worry about somebody else versus worry about you. Because you're, you're storing grain for yourself. But what about the nation that I have you in front of that you're supposed to protect? That's where we are right now. We are one nation that has to protect the other nations that we're connected to. But the only thing we're doing is worried about bringing storage to some, some grain to our house. 
What about when we get the call at the midnight hour? You going to answer? I know Sam will. I know I will. But when you get that midnight call, are you going to roll over and say, God, not today? I don't want to be used. Let them go on to the next person. Because they're calling you. They're depending on you. They need you. But the Bible clearly says, how long have you been with me and not known me? I just asked you to pray with me for one hour, but you couldn't even stay for the one hour because you were worried about yourself. But I'm going to the cross. I'm being crucified here, but I can't get you to stay for only one hour. Amen. All right. I'm at. Okay, the Lord did not answer any of Gideon's questions. Instead, God gave him a command. Go in this your strength and deliver the and deliver the nation. How much strength did Gideon have? Practically none. But God was not interested in his strength, rather he was concerned about his obedience. Even though Gideon was full of doubts, he did everything the Lord asked him to do. He tore down the altars in the father's house. He did it at night for fear of his neighbors, but he did it. He put a fleece before God asking for a sign, and when he got the sign, he asked for confirmation, but he was still he was still buffeted by doubts. When the Lord told him to go to the enemy's camp and to take his servant with him, if he was afraid, he took a servant. So we can see that he was afraid. Nonetheless, he went. Obedience in spite of fear is what made Gideon such a hero. He was not by nature a brave man, but he was obedient by choice. And as a result, a nation was delivered. Wow. Again, the Deuteronomy confession. The giants that are bigger and taller than us. We cannot use fear as an excuse. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Oh, Lord. I guess I got to be personal. I can't use fear as an excuse. I face it every day. Every day I get up, there's an issue in this house, in the buildings, in my family. But I can't let that keep me from getting up and keeping moving and trusting God. I have every reason to stop, but I got more reasons to press my way through to trust God. Does it hurt? Is it painful? Is it easy? Yes, it hurts. Yes, it's painful. No, it's not easy. But I will say this. 
that up until today, whatever time it is, the one thing that I have consistently found out is that God has continually held me up in spite of whatever has come my way. Every time I see, like, Lord, how's this going to happen? He says, let me show you something. Oh, Jesus. Every time it's like another wall's in front of me. God, I don't even understand. He says, well, wait a minute, son. I just ain't put my finger on it yet. I see him constantly turning situations and circumstances around. And my enemies are becoming my footstool. So I say, son, let's go. That's why spirit, soul, and body is important. Because I recognize where that comes from in my flesh. When I'm scared, when I'm weak, when I'm hurting. That's my flesh. Okay. It might take me a minute to connect, as Felicia says, you know, winding up that old cockles in the morning. I'll be like, oh, Jesus, really? It'll it take me a minute. But I give God what's necessary by saying yes. I had I had some stuff that happened to me last week. I am, I'm not getting into it again. My prayer was not for me to testify what has happened my prayer is for you to have your own experience so that you can say, wow. I need you to have your own God experience so that you can say, wow. I don't want you to come and ride off my testimony. I need you to have your own testimony. That's what I've been speaking over your life. And you will come back in, in God's time and you say, you know what happened to me? Because when I told a few people about what happened. You know, a couple said, well, you know, in your life, I, I can see it happening. In, in, in your life, yeah, I, I see I see it happening. And I go, yeah, I know. God ain't no respect of persons. I just like Gideon choose to override my fear. I face it every day. I got things going on now. I go, okay, Lord, really? But now I got to go back to what did I, well, I have to go back to God's word. I have to go back to Logos and Rhema. What was God's spoken word over my life? That my parents would not depart until I got this thing together. You know what? It ain't together. So he's keeping them. And he's just not keeping them. He's keeping them in mind, spirit, and body. And that means so much to me. You have no idea. He's holding his end of the bargain up. So what am I supposed to do? Wallow in my pity and my doubts and my fear? No. I'm supposed to trust and to move when it looks like all oh, hell is going to fall apart, when nothing's going to work, but I just got to allow God to be God. So all I'm saying, what about you? That's all I'm saying. Are you going to allow his word to come forth and to do that which it is capable, or are you going to get in the way? It's a choice. It may not be, but it is still a choice. Don't let fear keep you. I didn't say show up. I said keep you. It does not have power over you unless you say yes to fear and no to God. Oh, Lord. 
The heart of the city is... Go ahead, Mark. You you ready for something? No, I'm not ready, but go ahead. Who should they give up? Hmm. What do you mean by give up? I'm just saying. After you said all of that, and then he said he's going to hold his bargain, and you give up? Mm. Really? Mm. Shoot, come on, Jesus. Really? Yeah. Give Ooh. up. Mm. I think he's done all of this. Mm. When I said give up, I was saying that was encouraging your spirit, man. You, you can't do nothing but carry on. Right. Amen. I know. Oh, I, 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 yeah, I know. Mm. Mm. Go ahead. Give up now. Go ahead. It's easy to do. The proof is in the pudding. When you see manifestations, what you gonna do? Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go through our frustration. But but what what does the word say? When you look back and you see all that God has done, the victories, the thing turning things around. Really. Look, look, I'm going to slap me before I let y'all slap myself. <laughs> and and, and under, understanding that giving up, because we're going to have moments, but we're talking about living there, staying there. And it's so much more easier said than done. No, it's not. It's really not, man. And I, and, I, and I don't mean to be contrary. It is so easily said and done, but if you do your homework, it's not hard. Fair? Mm. Mm. Is that fair to say? Amen. I got you. That's how she had peace in the midst going back to a place that was known as an attack. Everybody running scared, but she had supernatural peace. Charity had the, had the, okay, I'm going to use charity, and I'm not going to use nobody we know because I don't want to step on nobody's toes. Though I don't care if they say ouch. <laughs> she had an option. She said, yes. the world is not my responsibility. Oh, no, you didn't see it. Mm, gee, oh, I'm going to mute. Well, I'll just sip a little tea until y'all get it. The world was not her responsibility. The first reaction that she had was, my parents, my house, and I need to get to them. But sometimes he calls you to a place greater than home. Sometimes he calls you to a place that is greater than what you even thought you could experience. 
sometimes the challenges in your faith are seemingly there for you to give up. But then you realize, I'm here right now, God, for such a, for such a time as this you'll have me to see something that's greater than where I am. Though I am being tossed and torn right where I'm sitting today, and I'm talking about Mark, there's going to be an executive's chair that I'm going to sit in, and I'm going to have something greater as a responsibility than this. So I faint not now. In the day of adversity, why? Because my strength is not small. I faint not in the day of adversity, why? Because my strength is not weak. I faint not in the day of adversity because he has created me unlike he has created others. And I am going to be the one that is going to heal a nation despite of what my history has said. because I was created just like he created Gideon for such a time as this, just how he called Esther for such a time as this, just how he called charity for such a, such a time as this, just as he called all of us on this line for such a time as this. Why? Because it doesn't have to be a nationwide crisis. It doesn't have to be publicizing the news. It could be right there in your house where you are facing something that you will never face in your life. And you're saying, God, I don't know how, but I don't know when, but I know one thing for sure and two things for certain, you're going to show up because you've never failed me yet. And I like the word yet in that statement because it's an interesting word because yet keeps us in expectation. Not that he's going to fail, but that he will show up. That yet change a negative into a positive. Yet in our world is that it's not here. It's not happening. It, 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 it's, it's never going to happen, or we haven't seen it yet. But yet to God gives us another place where we give him glory and praise and honor because he is going to do it in his own time. Yet does not mean not going to happen. Yet it means that the manifestation has not appeared. And that's what we're waiting on, that yet thing. That yet praise. That yet praise. Why? Because he's going to show up. We just haven't seen it manifest yet. Why? Because he doesn't lie. How do I know? Because he's never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is he breaking for bread. How do I know? Well, he says even the dogs get the crumbs on the table. I'm greater than the dog. And he said that he knows the hairs on top of my head. He knows the sparrows and how they fall. So how different would he know about me? He knows how far is my sins is from the east or the west. So therefore, why not accept the fact that yet is just not manifested, not that he's not going to show up? Just saying. Yet. It's a consideration. 
not a broken promise. Okay. The heart of the city is a marketplace. To change a city, the marketplace must be transformed. This is your call. This is your destiny. Focus on God's purpose for you and not on any of the fears that may be lurking around or inside of you. Obedience raised higher than knowledge. Hmm. We keep running across that obedience word. (laughs) The first humans, Adam and Eve, lived in the garden. God told them to take care of it and to rule over everything. He also told them that he had provided for all of their needs, Genesis 1 and 28. Today we no longer live in the garden but in cities. Cities are dear to God. We have only two accounts of Jesus weeping, once for his beloved friend Lazarus and once for Jerusalem, a city. Cities are the modern equivalent of a garden. God's command is to take care of them. If all marketplace Christians can understand this, they will go to work every day knowing that their job is in a ministry. Every time they enter a transaction, build a wall, or return a phone call, they will see themselves as taking care of God's creation. Work will be worshipped as it was in the garden, and God will come down in the cool of the day to discuss the day's events with them. As part of taking care of God's creation, Marketplace Christians will exercise spiritual authority over all power of the evil one, Luke 10, 17, and 21. As we do this, the kingdom of darkness will recede, and God's kingdom will be established so that, he will, that his will should be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is not a fantasy. Rather, it is the assignment that God has given to us. In order to be able to embrace this assignment and carry it out, We need to deal with a major inconsistency in our theology. We have no problem believing that Satan was able to defile the entire creation by introducing sin into the lives of Adam and Eve. This is sound doctrine, and every Christian will agree with it. However, we do not accept the idea that the grace introduced into our lives by Jesus can redeem the same creation that the original sin defiled. If sin were able to do so much damage, Grace would definitely be capable of doing much more restoration because where sin abounds, grace always overflows. Mm. As Christians, we believe that this world will pass away and that we are awaiting new heavens and a new earth. Few people argue with this theology, but the fact that new things are coming should not prevent us from bringing the kingdom of God to this earth. Our bodies provide a good example. Before coming to Christ, they were temples of the devil, as we follow the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. But when Christ came into our lives, 
our bodies became the temple of the Holy Spirit. Even though we know that our present body shows the effects of aging and that someday each of us will die, we still take the best possible care of them. The fact that perfect bodies are awaiting us in eternity does not deter us from making our present bodies as godly and healthy as possible. The same logic applied to earth. Until the new one comes, let us bring the kingdom of God to every place on it so the will of God can be done on earth as it is done in heaven. This is why each of us needs to see ourselves as conduits for that grace to redeem the marketplace. It has already redeemed you. Now you must become the vehicle to change things around you. This is the will of God, and he has already announced it in the heavenly places. When Gideon and his servant arrived at the enemy's camp, they heard enemy soldiers talk about a dream where mighty deed brought down the camp of the Midianites. The person who had been given the dream asked for an explanation and was unequivocally told that the interpretation was that they had been delivered into the hands of Gideon and the sword. Gideon was not holding the sword at the moment nor was he ready to strike. But God had already convinced his enemies that the victory had been awarded to him. God not only had a higher opinion of Gideon than he had of himself, but God also spoke better of him than Gideon spoke of himself. The same dynamic is true for you today. God looks at you and declares that you are a mighty warrior. He says, believe me when I say that you are such. And whatever strength you have, Go and save the nation instead of trying to save yourself. And whatever strength you have, go and save the nation rather than trying to save yourself. Why did he say that, Phil? Why did he say that or why am I going, mm? No, why did he say that? Then I'll do it to mm. Mm. <laughs> no, you just stumped me about three different ways. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, it's, it's talking about the whole thing. Why did he say, say that to Gideon? It was because he, he, he had a high, first of all, he knew what was in Gideon. He knew who okay, he wait, 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 brother. No, I'm sorry. I asked the wrong question. Why did he say that to Sam? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. Should have called some by side. That's what you want to do right now? Or say something more than that? Well, brother. As I feel at this moment and as I read this material, as I look at me running around, trying to be obedient, tired, worn out, trying to, and, and, and to be honest with you, it's like, the more that I try to do this, the deeper I get. Well, let me help you, brother. Mm-hmm. The reason why he sang with the little strength that you have 
save the nation versus worry about yourself is. While I have you distracted, Samuel, I can work on your behalf because you're doing what I need you to do, not being in my way. Samuel, when I tell you go save a nation, in the process of you saving a nation, you're going to gather your strength because I know that you're going to need me in the process of saving that nation. But if you're in the midst of your own world, your own chaos, you aren't going to want to have strength to deal with it. But if I have you distracted enough, kind sir, to allow you to be working on my behalf, You're not just going to save a nation. You're going to save this world. Why? Because you are going to be a better you because you're saving them and not worrying about you and letting me be your God. Because why? I'm fixing what I promised you in the background. Because then it says in the book, when Gideon got back home, Gideon had nothing to worry about because everybody knew who Gideon was. Because why? He did what God told him to do, and that saved the nation. And Gideon wasn't just worried about my four no more. What did Samuel do? Worry about one child to the next child, somebody else's son, somebody else's daughter, somebody else's granddaughter, somebody else's mom and dad. And guess what he's doing? Saving nations. While what? The father is preserving Hazel's nation. And Samuel's nation, and um, and um, and, and what's uh, what's what's Mr. Davis' nation? Because they've all been promised to you. You just said it out of your own mouth that until you get it together, he is preserving them so they can see it right. How are you getting it together? By saving everybody else's nation. You there, brother? Mm-mm. Okay. He told you beforehand that you stomped him, so. Oh, I I, I, I was just trying to figure out if he thought I was talking to Gideon or him. I didn't know what I didn't know where he was. I was just making sure. He probably hoping you talking to Gideon. I don't know if Gideon can hear me. Hmm. They don't mess. They don't do nothing with wishful thinking. Gonna read a paragraph. Well, I'm on where I'm at. Anyway, this is not a fantasy. Rather, the assignment that God has given to us. In order to be able to embrace this assignment and carry it out, we need to deal with the major inconsistency in our theology. We have no problem believing that Satan was able to defile the entire creation by introducing sin into the lives of Adam and Eve. This is sound doctrine, and every Christian will agree with it. However, we do not accept the idea that grace introduced into our lives by Jesus can redeem the same creation from the original sin defiled. If sin were able to do such damage, 
Grace would definitely be capable of doing much more restoration because we're seeing about grace always overflows. As Christians, we believe that this world will pass away, that we are awaiting new heavens and the new earth. Few people will argue this theology. Hmm? Few people argue with this theology, but the fact that new things are coming should not prevent us from bringing the kingdom of God to this earth. Our bodies provide a good example. Before coming to Christ, they were temples of the devil as we followed the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2, 1 to 3. But when Christ came into our lives, our bodies became the temple of the Holy Spirit. Even though we know that our present bodies show the effects of aging and that someday each of us will die, we still take the best possible care of them. The fact that perfect bodies are awaiting us in eternity does not deter us from making our present bodies as godly and healthy as possible. The same logic should be applied to earth. Until the new one comes, let us bring the kingdom of God to every place on it so that the will of God will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is why each of us needs to see ourselves as conduits for that grace to redeem the marketplace. It already, it already redeems you. Now you must become the vehicles to change things around you. This is the will of God. He's already announced it in the heavenly places. When Gideon and his servants arrived at the enemy's camp, they heard enemy soldiers talking about a dream where a mighty deed brought down the camp of the Midianites. The person who had been given the dream asked for an explanation was unequivocally told that the interpretation was they had been delivered into the hands of Gideon and the sword. Gideon was not holding a sword at the moment, nor was he ready to strike. But God had already convinced his enemies that the victory had been awarded to him. God not only had a higher opinion of Gideon than he had of himself, but God also spoke better of him than Gideon spoke of himself. The same dynamic is true for you today. God looks at you and declares that you are a mighty warrior. He says, believe me when I say that you are such. And whatever strength you have, go and save the nation instead of trying to save yourself. Stop centering all of your efforts on making your business prosper and begin to work to transform the marketplace. It is not your strength that I am after. It is your obedience. This is the dilemma that Charity Wallace had to confront. She had to choose between her fears, shouting at her to get in her car and flee to California, and the voice of God first in her own heart and then confirmed through her pastor that she was to go back and find her destiny at the White House. Obedience is what God expects. Lift up your eyes from your immediate needs and fix them on God's eternal destiny for you. He is ready to use you to transform the marketplace. Are you ready? I'm done. See, some people can come off mute, come off the computer to put their two cents in, but anyway, I'm done. Oh, <laughs> I guess you're talking about me. Mm, I'm talking about your sister. Oh, because I know that I, I I know that I'm responsible for more than me, and and I have to. I, and, and 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 let me encourage you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay. I I I, I Erica said something a couple of nights ago. We were talking, and she said, "Well, that was when I was finding myself on my hiatus." I don't know how I felt about that at first. But as as she started to say it, and then it started to kind of hit home, I, I, I had to agree with her and say, yeah, that you were finding yourself because I think that now I am stronger and I am better than what I was because I've made decisions that 
I knew that guy wouldn't have made right now because he was selfish, because he was self-loathing, and he only thought about himself. Where where I am right now, I have to consider others. I have to think before I respond. I have to basically not say things out of turn or out of order because I know people are looking at me. So I was fighting myself. And, my, and the reason why I said let me encourage you is that every day you take the selfless task of getting on this line, worrying about your parents, worrying about other people's parents, praying for this person, praying for that person. That takes more than dedication and motivation itself. That takes a selfless person to basically say, I have to be responsible for my daughter, my 390-year-old, and myself. That's all I'm really responsible for. But you have taken on the burden and responsibilities of other men who have not wanted to take care of the responsibility of grooming their children. You have taken on the responsibility of other women who don't want to be mothers, but you can still nurture their children to make sure that they turn out right. That's commendable into itself, Sam. And, and, and if you haven't been esteemed there, which we talk about these things often, I'm telling you that I'm commending you because it takes a great feat. I'm not there yet. But I'm learning that, like I said, you know, I said, Sam got too many people he got to be worried about. And then guess who's following Sam's footsteps? Me. I have. And I get it now where you have the, and it's not like a worry and concern is one thing. But I don't think that you have a worry and concern anymore, Sam. I think it's a burden. And that's exactly how I feel now. It's not like I'm worried about things over here or at my house, or with my children. It's like a burden, like, are they okay? And what could I do to make sure and ensure that they're okay? And am I working harder than I should be? Am I basically staying up all the times of the night? Am I going over there when I don't need to be? Am I helping my parents where I can't help myself and get some things done for myself, but as long as they're okay, is it right? Yes. And my encouragement to you is that he says he looks high and he look he, he sits high and he looks low. He reigns on the just as well as the unjust. He is going to make sure that he does it just because he promised it to you. And that's my encouragement to you. Anybody else got anything? 
Anybody got anything going once? Twice? Three times. Okay. I got to come back, Daddy. All right. Prayer request time. Okay. I'll, I'll go, I guess. I'm sorry. I was on mute. Um, I was, you know, I'm in the middle of doing something, but you didn't know what's about to come out of my mouth. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, back at you. Are right, you ready, Mark? <laughs> no, not really. Okay. Uh huh. No, right. this is going. <laughs> hey, sure. All right. Father God, book around the go boski did go ho ho randy to go boski and go decay. Hundred go say she go say she go brandico sa horum brandy go say decay. Han randy go say she go say she go humbranda. Han randy go sandrand go say day. Horamboko Randi Shidir Kumboskara Randir Sid Kumboskara Kandrandu Kodir Gosada Handrandu Gosishir Gosandrandu Gosishir Gosaga Harambrandu Gosishir Gosishir Gosishin Randu Gosir Kandanda Godidir Gondraka Ha Yeah The dry My father doing what he's doing The dry works to wash it up yeah, no, but I'm saying why not use that, the dryer. That's, 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 okay. that's, that's, yeah, I'm right, I'm, I just, I, I just told you, yeah, mm-hmm. All right, you rumbles, get it to go, Sandran, to go, Sish, to go, Sish, to go, Sish, to go, Sish, to go, Sarakandaka. You rumbles, get it to go, Sish, to go, Sish, to go, Sish, to go, Sarakandaka. Rumbles, get it to go, Ran, to go, Sish, to go, Sish, to go, Saga. Horrando go sesh go sesh go sesh go sesh go saraga raraga Horrando go raraga 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 um Well father god I guess you're going to turn it around in that direction that's what you want to do I ain't got nothing to do with it Tell them just let it out my mouth Um In the Word of God, in the Word of God, it says that a three-four cord is not quickly broken. And in these past few days, you know, you know, especially looking at all the things that's going on, 
Okay, how do I do this? It's been a while since I've done this. One second. I'm trying to get this thing right. Thank you. And so you want me to come off a of mute because of what now? He praying for me. Not don't don't don't. He praying for me. So don't let don't let the, um, the bullets come towards me. That should be going to you. Hold on. Okay. Oh, it, it, it includes her too, so it's it's all good. So. See, didn't nobody tell you come on say nothing. Mhm. Sometimes I figure out how to turn this. There we go. I knew it was something. Anyway, and as I was saying. Then word of God it says a three, four, a three, four, three. Three, four quarters not easily broken. Thank you, thank you, sir. And I was saying in the last few days, even more so, He's beginning to reveal to me why. Because like you know, with all the stuff that we've got going on and we're trying to do and coming up against us, and then like even yesterday, I was tied up and this another. But between the three of us. Well, I'm going to be real because we real with each other. We get on each other's nerves. We push each other. We correct each other. We give over each other. But bottom line, through the three of us, we are able to done what needs to get done. We're gleaning from each other, learning from each other, interceding for each other. And I'm going to say this term, and I mean it in the most. We're loving on each other. It was never in mine, Erica, yours plan for this to be established, but it's beginning to see that it is so and the importance of it. And not the importance, but I'm going to say this too. Ooh, the power that's in it as well. Because he said in his word, one will put a thousand to flight, two will put a thousand to flight. With right now, we got a three-folded cord that God has ordained and established. Now, Mark, since you said it, I'm going to go there to save the nation. <clears throat> you said it, Mr. Prophet. Mr. Prophet, you said it. <laughs> But I know you was talking about me. Well, you know what? You hooked up with me, so now there you go. And you said it, and now you find yourself walking in your own footsteps, but you follow your footsteps starting to look a lot like mine. And, and look, 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 since we there, and, and I started to laugh because I said, you know what? We are actually at the point now we're starting to implement and put that business plan together. The one that I had, the one that Mark had, even though we didn't even know each other at the same time, he's got the, even the same name. Come on now. Because it's God's plan. And, and what had come across in our press sessions that we are the trailblazers for watching it. Now, it's funny. We're starting to put this stuff implementation process together now before he even got really to where he needs to be. Mm. Yeah, because we're before him. The three-folded cord. So now, excuse me, Erica. 
I'm going to intercede on your behalf. I look, I'm popping my neck like I'm getting ready to fight. But, yeah, I, I ain't going to get hot like you, but right now I need something needs to happen in Tony's life. Ooh. Mm. Something needs to happen. Yeah, in Tony's life. And God is moving because we're believing and interceding and standing the gap for that man right here and right now. And, Lord, we ain't talking about a little thing. We ain't even talking about a partial thing. Lord, he needs some transformation. In all aspects, so that it will allow him to be positioned, to be still, to be connected, to be healed, to be delivered, to be whole, and then to be used by you, God. Mm. 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 Lord, we're asking you to come move in whatever manner and whatever way so that you can do all that needs to be done regarding him and his destiny. Oh, Him and his calling. Him and his life. That's what we're coming together right now, Lord. Asking you to be God. Now, Father, the particulars, we're going to let you handle that. You know, however you need to orchestrate whatever needs to be done. Lord, I am, I, I am definitely more and more learning how to say, you know what? I, I think Erica's even getting to the point now. She's getting up out of her head. She, you know, because she, she, she could recognize now. now. Lord, we're just leaving the particulars up to you. How you want to do whatever, money, finances, whatever, God. You be God. Mm-mm, mm-mm, Lord, we've done what we needed to do. Is That is your voice, <laughs> the ambassadors <laughs> on this planet at this time to speak that which you desire to be done on his behalf. So now, Father God, <laughs> should it go? your angels are moving and ministering and orchestrating, and there ain't nothing Satan we can do. Because we've been obedient to let God be God. Ready his heart. Remove the scales from his eyes, the hardness from his heart, the deafness from his ears. Prepare him so he can begin to shed those burdens and those weights that are holding him shackled, Father. Lord, don't let him pick up. Oh, I got to do a Maria prayer now, right now. I got to do a Maria prayer because, see, you know what he's going to do? He's going to pick them back up. No, nah, Lord, when he put, when he shed them burdens, bury them, close the door, make it concrete, whatever, so he can't pick it up no more. He can't go back no more. He can't pick it up no more. Now, God, however that needs to occur for you to be God, so he can say, you know what? I don't need this. I don't want it. Then you move in that capacity. But right now, Father God, I'm asking you to step in in a mighty way to recognize, let him know that this is my doing, son, and let it go. Let it go. Because if you pick it up, it will be toward your death. Leave it there. Let me handle it. And let me deal with you. And as I deal and manifest in you, with you, through you, and for you, it will be so much better. So we just give you the praise and the glory, Father God, for being God in this man of God's life. 
Oh, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm not sure that you heard yourself, but you said five different interesting points when you were praying for him. You said, that, well, I heard, not what you said, delivered, broken, molded, yielded, and used. Mm. 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 He has to be delivered because he's broken. Because he's broken, he has to be molded again. Mm. Because the Father is molding him in his likeness, he can then yield himself mm. to the Father, then because he is yielded, then therefore he can be used. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm going to mute. Mm. Wow. That wasn't what I, that's not what you, how you prayed it. I got you. But I got in the spirit, that's what I got from what you were praying, how he can get to the place of what God has for him. And that will ultimately get him from where he's at to where he needs to be. Thank you. And it will be done in and through the power of God rather than his own efforts because his own efforts are only going to keep him where he's at. Wow. And in your encouragement, brother, don't feel bad because each and every one of us has had to cope. I'm I'm just reflecting on my past. <laughs> oh Jesus! Look, that's why we can see it so clearly because we ain't totally where we need to be at. But each of us, in our own way, has come this path. What'd you say, dear? You go ahead and pray for me and knock me off your list, too. Uh, no problem. Some people just sent me some books in the mail that I didn't order, but I don't think, I don't know what this is. Let me pray for your family. 
Okay, we got the adults. Hush, get it, go, bush, 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 get Let me get Kenny. Harambo skiri to go session. Rando go saraka. Rando go session to go session. Rando go saraka. Rando go session to go session to go session to go session to saraka. Rando go session to go session. Rando go did go saraka. Hoboski to go session to go saraka. Horishi to go session to go session to go saraka. Daka. Horishi to go session to go saraka. Randa shi to go saraka. Horishi to go session. Deski to go boski to kanda sakra. Carlos, Horrendi to go sushi to go sushi to go sanakandaka. Handed to go sushi to go sanaka. Sakara. Tony, Yogandra is done. So we got Schmidt, Carlos, Tony, Kenny. We got your children. We got your business entities. And now let's pray for Risia. Rambo did it a komboski dete. Horrendi to go sushi to Randra Saka. In a sense, it's not really much for me to say because you've heard what you needed to hear. Just be encouraged and step out and trust God. Allow his anointing to cover, to carry, to keep you. And even in the aspect of Gideon. As the book pointed out, how he was scared, but he was obedient. How he was scared, but he was used. He was busy doing what he was trying to do to save and preserve his life, but God called, chose, edified, equipped, and used him in spite of himself. So now, dear heart, let me make this in layman's term so that you don't go into overload wrong. 
So let me make it real simple for you. So you won't be saying, I what? Pay your money to register for the entrepreneur course. Do what you need to do to study for your exam. Call your brother and your father about the conference. Call your pastor's wife to set up that thing. Whatever else God called you to do. I had to make it simple for you so you won't go on overload. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even go look right now. <laughs> I want you to go, well, I, I, I don't know. So I just made sure that for the clarity, so you know, the simple, simplification process, there you go. $50 for the entrepreneurial course. <laughs> Your father and brother about the conference. Every time I tell you to do something, you're going to ding me. <laughs> Study for the class, your pastor and the wife. <laughs> Whatever else you just need to go ahead and do, just do it. <sighs> I ain't even open my phone because I know it's there. <laughs> oh. And I'll text this one to you. Because I ain't even going to say that online. <laughs> la, 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 la. Just be the woman of God that he's called and ordained you to be. Move in the gifting and anointing that he's called you to have. Walk in the love that he's given you to walk in. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the Aresia love, not the Erica love. <laughs> walk in that. Just as Charity found the the peace and the presence of God when she chose to be obedient, you'll have that same peace and presence of God as you walk to do what he's called you to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Anybody else want prayer?
Okay. Anybody else want prayer going once? Anybody else want prayer going twice? Okay, I'll bite the bullet. You can pray for me. All righty. Somebody else came from the background. All right, well, I guess I'll do it. Ain't nobody else going to step up. All right, let me pray for Pam's family. We praise your name, Father God. We glorify your Continue to touch your family. Continue, Father God. We thank you for moving in her family. We thank you, Holy Spirit. And I'll pray for Pam. Oh, Father God, we thank and praise you. And you're going to continue to move in her life. You're going to continue to increase in her heart. You're going to continue to let your word rise up. You're going to as she seeks, as she yields, as she's a ladder. You're going to continue to help the Holy Spirit. You're going to Help a Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. I yet to go say Anybody else want prayer going once? Anybody else want prayer going twice? Anybody else want prayer going three times? Look it up. Somebody pray for me and get off the phone. Amen. <laughs>
ご視聴ありがとうございました そうとるもほしゃらそうとるもこしゃらはすいたらけしれいそうとるもほしゃらはすいたらけしれいそうとるもほしゃらはすいたらけしれいそうとるもほしゃらはすいたらけしれいそうとるもほしゃらはすいた
All right, peeps. I'm going to say goodbye. Uh huh, bye.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.